left of the monkey music show we are already started and it's alex He's you back. should have like a like a theme song or something that's basically like chimp noises you know like an anime joe Ro- rogan has that already uh-huh. joe rogan has that in his yeah uh well we it's weren't free. successful we were we were influential we were as influential we were successful. as we were uh look back look back what do you think is what do you but, really think is successful just when i was just talking to jeff he's like that's a great album everybody knows that album it depends on what you consider success uh well um okay that's a totally valid point i see what you're saying um you respect amongst your peers you get i hear a lot about you from the peers that to talk about you like great uh, stuff uh, just between me and you obviously because uh you know nobody was to your show. <laughs> <laughs> come on my grandma does <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. I just—it was late. Oh, that's actually no, take, no, no. That's good. That's good. That's good. I had to take the cheap shot. <laughs> that's um, actually pretty funny. That's the um, first person and, to do that in a show. Congratulations! There'll <laughs> <laughs> be over 200 shows to get you finally do it. Oh my god! Really? You've done 200 shows? No shit. This is, this is episode. Oh yeah, I've got a couple more already, and I'm probably closer to 205 or 206 already. Yeah. Wow, man. Good for you, dude. That's fantastic. That's really admirable. It's. Um, it's a passion it's a passion thing i i, I yeah, no, totally. and music people music people that i i enjoy personally and want to fly their flag literally that's that's my uh, motivation well it's um in um oh here i go being serious again um in uh in the contemporary marketplace if you will um uh since people like me generally speaking um uh, major labels don't want to have anything to do with anybody that, you know, has like a, 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 a track record or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I think once you get past a certain point in your life, they're like, well, we can't exploit and make money yeah. off of this guy and throw him away. Well, if you so, think for yourself too, you're dangerous. The way you're not gonna be, you think for yourself, you get a well, young and man and you can kind of manipulate. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. And, and um, uh, one of my, my better friends in the rock and roll community is uh, Ace Von Johnson. Who, has he been on the show yet? No, no, oh, I have him. Get Ace on, man. He's he's badass. And he is so. I mean, he's playing with Tracy Guns, who's one of the most you know influential and 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 best guitar players of yeah. you know my rock and roll generation. So um, in that paradigm, he doesn't get the uh, respect. And well, I mean, he gets the respect, but I mean, you know, he takes a back seat as far as you know being a lead guitar player. Yeah, I don't Tracy. think I've had I've had any actually from the LA Guns. Oh, I I did a phone when I first started. I can't do interviews, phone interviews, because I just have to see people. But I did a failed phone interview with Kelly Nichols when I first started. And with I did, opposed it with Kelly Nichols. I think oh, okay. I like oh. guy. But it never, it never went up. It was, it was it just, that was it. So it never went up. But Scotty Coogan, he was at LA Guns for a hot second when I interviewed him. And then yeah. he's not anymore, though. So really, I had to know from LA Guns. Up. Uh, well, I mean, definitely, I definitely recommend Ace. And I know that you had Sam Bam on. You know, they're, it's so annoying yeah. because, um, um, Sam Bam Ace and Tony Higby from Kiefer's band. Um, You know, there's this like little cabal of us guitar players that kind of um, uh, Jeremy from uh, Ace Freely's band's part of it. Um, um, uh, Tim from Junkyard's part of it. Uh, And uh, uh, who am I missing? Um, And then Tony Higby. Oh, and Tori also from Zenough, right? So we kind of, you know, we sort of, have our own little world that we inhabit and you know uh and relate to each other sorry i'm checking on my dog 
my 15 year old doggy. I don't know if you can see. I do. Him. I can't can see a little bit. Can so, you see his? Yeah, that's his tail right there. Yeah. He's all messed up. He can't, he's got bad hips. So I'm probably going to have to help him. Wait, I'm going to have to help my dog sit down now because that's the only way you can do it. My dog's getting at the point too. He can't go up the stairs. So I feel for you. Go for it. Yeah, dude. I, I told him, one, this is what I do about 500 times a day. And he just waits. I mean, I'll even move the chair. So everybody can see what my daily existence is like. Okay, here's Bear. Say hi to everybody. Say hi, Bear. Say, He's like, I just want to sit down. Okay. set my old hips down. Here he is. And then so what I do, because his hips are bad, I, I and he looks at like, I don't know if you see this, but he already knows the drill. And so I help him <laughs> sit down. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I love him to death, and 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 uh, um, even though he's very challenging, and he's the pig. I don't know if uh, like if you've ever had a senior dog, which obviously yeah, you do, do. But if any of your listeners do, I mean, they get to a point where it's like you last night this was your favorite food on earth and now you're literally turning your nose up at it and you know i'm just pulling out big clumps of hair going how the you know uh but we we, we reach uh we reach our own little uh, uh happiness thing and then you know when he's he's useless for anything except cuddles cleaning up after and um uh spoiling aside from that he's pointless um but uh, he sounds like a teenager. Maybe you should give him an iPhone. <laughs> well, he's 15. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, not he's an iPhone. A, dude, if I gave him a phone, man, that would be in my door, like Walmart. It would just be like, I didn't, I didn't order 500 pounds of dog shoes. How the hell? <laughs> All those toys? Yeah, toys. Dog toys. And, and that's what I do too. I'll just like, he's not like, he can't because his hips are bad. Like he can't do the tug of war thing. Um, uh, so what I'll do though, is like, he's, you know, so he spends a lot of time laying down and really all I'm looking for, for him is, um, contentment. Mm -hmm. If I can deliver contentment, um, I feel as though I've been a good dog, dad, but, um, uh, I I don't know. I just love the shit out of him. And, and between, between, and, and because of him and because of mom, like, that's why I can only do short tours right now. Um, cause you know, I'm caring for both of them. So I can't be gone for six months. Like I could in 2019, right. you know, so it's, it's all on me. Um, so, uh, I'm very selective about the stuff that I do. Is it going to be fun? Is it going to be challenging? Um, is it going to be not a month away? You know what I mean? And that's well, kind of just short sorry? gigs that pay well. Getting some short gigs that pay well also helps you take care of your mom. So there's nothing wrong yeah, well, with that. Well, exactly, exactly. And also, I mean, you know, being totally honest, it, uh, you know, because mom's got Alzheimer's, so that's like a whole world of challenges. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the amount, like, uh, I mean, I, you know, I still play every day and I write every day, and I'm, yeah. you know, I'm doing a lot of writing with different guys. Um, uh, it's probably better not to say who, but you know, I'm they're, they're pretty formidable guys that have been around. And, and since the shark Island album, actually, like we've got, since the last time we talked, I've got three top 40 billboard songs. I know. I was um, like, you could fit me in your, your role decks there. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be 57 on Sunday. What? Right. And well, early happy birthday to you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Which is, I mean, that's another thing, not to like, uh, but, uh, 
when I first came out here to, you know, mom's husband passed away due to cancer at the end of 2019. Um, I was still playing with Chip and then, uh, and, you know, like touring all the time, being gone forever. And then, uh, so the, the husband passed away that ruined mom's perspective on everything. And obviously it didn't help the Alzheimer's. So she kind of, I mean, she's still lucid. She recognizes me, but just today, um, uh, just today, she called me, I think it was five times to tell me that I can't bring the dog by Lucky Bear. Uh, I can't bring him by tomorrow because she's going to get her hair done because it's a mess. And I'm like, you know, and, and I, I, dude, I, I, one of my credos is patience is for those who live forever. And I don't know anyone like that. So I have never employed any degree of patience. And you know, man, in rock and roll, like there's not a lot of room for patience. Like nobody's going to sit there and be like, oh, that's okay if you keep fucking the song up, buddy. No problem. Right. You try your best. Try <laughs> <laughs> your best. All I ask is that you try, you tried your best. It doesn't matter. Um, that actually reminds me of a funny story. One I think that's time. going on in the Bon Jovi camper now too. When you well, went out there and you sang tonight, did you do your best? Dude, I, well, I mean, I can't comment on that. And the story that I was literally about to start telling you uh, is directly related to Bon Jovi. Um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm good friends with Phil X, who actually, by the way, in my mind, um, is currently the greatest rock and roll guitar player alive. I mean, he's, like aside from us being goofy nerds and all that shit, um, uh, when it comes to guitar, I mean, I just watch that dude play and I'm like, how do you even, how do you hear these notes? And like everything that he does, even if it's not like technically challenging, yeah. it's uh, musically and intellectually inspired. You know what I mean? So it's not just like garbage bullshit just to get to the fucking next chorus or whatever. Right. I just can't say enough about his play. Let alone the fact that when he covers ACDC, he replaces both Bon Scott and Angus Young. And when he covers Led Zeppelin, he replaces Jimmy Page and Robert Plant and does a better job, frankly, than both of them, you know. Uh, but uh, 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 his uh, wife was pregnant with their first child when he first got the Bon Jovi gig. And I remember, I think he called me on like a Tuesday or whatever it was. Um, and, and me and her go way back. We've been buddies for like 30 years, maybe yeah. eh, a while, a long time. Um, and uh, uh, hey, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm going out of town. I, I got a gig and um, oh yeah, who'd you get? Um, a Bon Jovi. And I'm like, oh, wow, dude, that's amazing. What happened with Richie? And I don't remember what right. the thing was. Um, and, uh, you know, can you keep an eye on Lindy? And I'm like, dude, for sure. And, and you know, that's how everybody looks out right. for everybody. It's a, it's a family for sure. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, as it was going, I'm like, everything's cool here, man, blah, 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 blah. Um, and uh, I go, dude, what, how, what is it like? Because he was literally flying out that day to go practice at soundcheck to do a show in front of 20,000 people. Right. But that's the level of musicianship he is, you know what I mean? Um, but I did, I got a hold of him. Uh, this is when you said, nice try. And I go, dude, what's it like? What's it like? And he goes, well, it depends on how you feel about clamming Bon Jovi hits in front of 20,000 of his fans. <laughs> he, yeah, John's probably more okay with it than the fans are. 
Um, uh, no, I don't think so, actually. I think John, uh, John is actually a bit of, from what I understand, um, that he's a perfectionist. Um, and uh, while I don't know the ins and outs of whatever we all kind of have noticed about his singing or, or how they're dealing with it or, or any of that, uh, what I do know is um, have, when, when I had Antiproduct, which is my band right after Life, Sex, and Death, uh, reach out to me for T-shirts, by the way. Um, I see that. Um, but um, all I can, I mean, I, I, I see and I hear the struggle and, um, um, you know, I don't, I'm sure that like everybody Phil knows is blowing up his phone going, hey, what the fuck, what the fuck? So I didn't even broach the subject i'm like dude every he's sick he's copy pasting answers by now you know um uh so uh, i i didn't ask any of that so i'm ignorant as to anything that's going on in that cab regarding the struggles it's, it's probably that's a good that's a good it's a good friend thing to do you don't want to you know do that um, you know what i mean it ain't none of my business if he needed me to tell me something he would have i don't need to fucking you know but here is the thing I definitely know that Bon Jovi's a perfectionist, and I knew that like long before. I've Phil heard that too. I've heard that too. That's why I have a theory too. So share yours first. Well, um, well, I mean, the theories are. I mean, my theory is that. I mean, it's, I, I really have no idea. So, I mean, I don't think it's a stroke, but that seems like what would happen. I think he's got like a hearing issue. But I, do I think, think that. And but I also think what's happened is. Um, you know, to go out there, particularly at that level, and then to particularly to be bon, John Bon Jovi in front of all those people, and, you know, now you're 60 and whatever, and, you know, there's, you can't sing Runaway anymore. I mean, those notes are fucking, you or know. Or Living on a Prayer, and that's, that's okay. Those are ridiculous notes they're written. That's a, you yeah, know. It's, yeah, it definitely wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be doing this in 30 years when right, those no. were recorded. Um, but that's what this part of the show is for. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> right? Exactly. And he even did that when the album was out. I remember oh, yeah. It's that. a hard... Hey, that bit. His voice was toasted the first tour from doing that. He was all raspy. The, the, yeah, Wait, oh. At the end of Slippery, he was totally raspy. He couldn't sing at the end of that tour. But um, uh, uh, but I remember when Phil first got the gig, we all went down and seen him and stuff. Uh, when uh, I was still living in L.A. and and I think I think Phil and Lindy were in L.A. too, um, and I guess because I think we were at the Forum. But anyway, so uh, uh, and they came out and and it was a great show. And this wasn't that long ago. I mean, you know, relative to history of Earth, but um, and the the Wait, what are you last... using for a timeline to birth of Jesus Christ? I mean, what, what kind of relatively? No, I'm timeline? going back to di- dinosaurs, dinosaurs, Jesus, yeah, um, di- yeah Jesus, Jesus, runaway album, and we're just kind of going that and way, and then now, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna, um, write, gonna write that one down. But they uh, and they did, I don't remember what tune it was, but it, w- it was a ballad, and and it was the encore. And, you know, he was kind of breaking up and there were definitely notes that at that point in the set were always, like, maybe always, maybe, maybe that was what goes up there pretty high. It was a, it, it, it was a ballad for sure. And, but I'll tell you what, man, even though some of those notes at the end of a two hour set eluded his ability to perform them, mm-hmm. it didn't stop him from giving 100 25 thousand percent man he went out there and he was he just he he gave it everything he could to get to those notes so 
taking that frame of mind into account, how much must it suck to just know I'm going to go out there. I'm not going to be the guy that I need to be, you know, and, and I don't know if, you know, they sheltered him from reviews or comments on the internet or whatever. I don't know any. I think, First off, Bon Jovi is a, is a machine. It's always a machine. Yeah. He's, 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 been, he's, a, he's a sharp businessman. You know, you can say what you want about him, but he knows his business. He's everything in line. Even the dirt from Bon Jovi, like Alec leaving, who just passed away, you don't know what really happened. I don't even think Richie Sanborn and, and John really know what happened to that relationship. I just, it, there was no dirt. You know what I mean? They really kept going. And so much money is made to that band, first off, and those dates are set in. He's a businessman. Not only would he, he could survive, he's not going to end up some poor. A lot of people, but there are a lot of people that work for him that haven't done any work in a couple of years. And now for that, they go off the tour. I think that's in the back of his mind. And that's what totally to, so. to know how good you are. And his voice went from being weaker, I think, when he first started to the mid, mid years, he got really strong. He actually, his voice got better from when he, when he started. I agree. I think so. And to be the concert performer, he wants everybody to have fun to the point where it's not fun for anybody else because he's so, you know, hard into it. Now, what happened to his voice? The fact he's still performing, and he, he must know about how, what his voice is like, but he smiles and he keeps putting the best show on. That he can. Bravo for that. But then you step back. So the concern is get the business model, people losing money. He's still doing the best he can. He's, 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 he's you know, probably eating crow because he knows how he's not being the best he can. And this probably bothers him more than anybody. Oh. Something must have happened to his voice where he has like some damage to his throat, hearing something else is going on in there to just go like out of there. Because he had a couple of performances like a year or two before that I've seen on YouTube. People have been comparing it. And it wasn't like that. This is something different, you know? Uh, well, one thing that I don't know if it has any effect but, uh, or not, but uh, I, one thing I didn't realize is that he'd had COVID. There you go. So I don't know if like that shit got in his pipes or whatever. And, you know, because there's so many different variables yeah. and like which version you get and what it does so i don't know but i i feel for the dude i mean it's easy to kind of mock and ridicule but i also think like you know having been there like when i was front and anti-product um like if you can't deliver what you got to deliver every i feel bad for, i feel bad for anybody that performs and they can't do it even though i like their music you know yeah, I mean? no, I, I totally yeah just when you when you sense that struggle and i, I do have watching to it the what? I said I feel horrible watching those videos of him. I'm always hoping he's gonna get up there like he's getting better. I'm kind of rooting for him. Yeah. Well, I saw um what was the one? Um, I think I saw I'll be there for you, which was like oh, that's a, one of the highest cream, yeah. And well, he like his uh course of action was to like not really whisper, but he was singing like he wasn't pushing it, which makes me feel that uh he he was very concerned about like if I push too hard, I will have nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I totally think you're right. It's like, okay, you know, they, they, they got the machine ready and they paid for all the plane tickets and everybody's rehearsing and they put the deposits on whatever the fuck and blah, 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 blah. And I don't mean think it's just that, but I also think it's just the inherent thing of people losing their jobs, not being able to take care of their families. Because he yeah. was like a shelter for food. I think if he could get away with just hurting his pocketbook and just not do it, that'd be fine. But I actually think, and this is my own theory, that Part of what's driving him is the families that are getting work from him. Yeah. He can't he doesn't want to let them down. I I totally, I I totally and would that is totally to. admirable. 
I know. I hope he gets it straight because he's a hard worker. I mean, that was all his music nowadays because it's like country music now almost. But you know, <laughs> well, you don't get it. Well, that's like Paul Stanley doing soul. You know what I mean? Because it's not like him singing all that super high shit. Right. 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 You know? You know, and I don't know, I'm not like a lead singer, like in the, I'm more a lead singer like Joey Ramone or Iggy Pop, you know, I got like a right. lower voice, so I've never, you know, I know where I give him credit, is. I just, I give, I, anybody that wants to give me the credit, I'm just saying, that's where my, I wouldn't know nothing about it, because I just, just, that's boring to me, for some reason, I can listen to anything about country music, I don't know what it is, <laughs> I'm not talking outlaw well, country music, I'm not talking Willie Nelson, I'm talking like the new stuff. Yeah, the, which is like, it's Bedazzled. somewhere it's somewhere in between like yeah yeah it's somewhere you can't in have a cowboy like, hat that's got bedazzles on it no no and 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 i don't uh uh i mean i do anything you fucking want i am not one to say anything about anything do your thing just don't hurt anybody but for me it is it seems uh cloying and manipulative when they start hybridizing um genres and calling it country music um uh okay, there's nothing wrong with hip hop beats and a country tune. And like, I was right. writing country for a while and I, that was my go-to. I'm like country music with hip hop beats. It'll be interesting. Um, uh, so, I mean, I guess I'm undermining my own point, uh, but it seems more like the, the country music that you're talking about is kind of more so uh, motivated by commercial success by the 90s by by heavy metal i feel like heavy metal got crushed no it just went to country music those big courses yeah. and stuff oh god yeah well i mean it's it well it literally i mean uh uh that's Mutt lang's influence on country music so he took because seriously man you know it looks like Leppard sounded like Def Leppard at one point starting to get too much too much cross well everything that was literally exactly what i was going to say it's um like his template for the arrangements and the background vocals and stuff like that is identical. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, it worked for ACDC and then it worked for Def Leppard and then it worked for Shania Twain and then it worked yeah. for uh, Nickelback. I think he did their best album. I'm not being a huge Nickelback fan, but. Um, yeah, I'm not really a fan of them, um, but I won't make fun of me there. I won't be that guy either. Well, that's her, I said, I'm not a big fan of them either, but I won't make fun of them. because I think the guys are really cool in the band. I'm just not a fan of their music. It seems like Chad. Yeah, is a cool yeah, guy. Exactly. Like, I just I don't like the them. music. I could probably hang out with them for dinner and have a beer. I just don't listen yeah. to his music. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, don't sing. <laughs> I just don't play your music. But uh, <laughs> and, you know, and he like he found his niche and he found his demographic and he's just yeah. kind of hitting that. Bless him. And, and, I give him credit. And bless him. Yeah, exactly. Fucking go go sell a million records, yeah. bro. That's fantastic. Awesome. You know, well, because um, it's not like not everybody wants um, challenging music you know what i mean like i love movies uh and i love david cronenberg movies for example but it's not for everybody you know what i mean some people like whatever the fuck i like um, so many types of music because i i do so many things i need i can listen to certain music at certain activities you know what i mean some yeah. stuff that's too detailed i can't listen to it i'm doing other thinking work i need to listen to something fluffy yeah or exactly. or, 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 um, or classical music or something because to me you know it depends on that too because that gets pretty heavy you know yeah just thinking about the music it's hard to not listen to it yeah exactly and and i'll do that like if i think like oh okay i'm gonna have music on in the background and stuff and i'm like oh that was interesting <laughs> you know and i gotta how did they do that and then i gotta figure out uh yeah how they did it you know but uh um sorry i gotta pick up a guitar <laughs> 
I thought you were gonna get that duck again. I thought it's like you're a carrot top or something. You're gonna be doing props tonight. The what? <laughs> oh, yeah. your, the, the, the mallard duck. Like you got props. Um, well, what I am, I do have a. a, 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 a I, I'm starting a, a tribute band to Gallagher, the comedian. So behind this chair, I've actually got a watermelon that I'm gonna smash for you guys in slow motion. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you're gonna steal his. You're gonna steal his brother's job, the copycat Gallagher. Oh, is that what's going on? No, that's a long time ago. I don't know if anyone's alive. Remember, Gallagher has a brother. Looks just I like didn't... him. And he would do the same shtick. Oh, yeah, they were having problems because he's ripping off his brother. They look the same. Google it. Anybody doesn't know, useless information up here. Interesting, because um, I remember, um, I think he... And they look a lot alike, too. So you, sometimes you can't tell because you're not really paying attention. Because he has like a round face, that weird mustache thing. They all look yeah, the same right. at that point. You know what I mean? So once I see a mustache, I kind of blank out. You know what I mean? I just kind of... <laughs> blackout like I, I seriously want to have a talk with phil lewis where it's like bro mustache dude it's not it's not what i expect to see it's like i don't want to see angus young with a mustache either you know yeah something about mustaches are very unrock and roll that i mean i'm the right person i can certainly yeah. make an exception you know um who who, who could you see a mustache on in rock and roll? Burt reynolds i mean he's dead now he's not so in rock and roll i could say freddie mercury i'll give you that one that's it we're talking about who can get away with having a mustache and still rock hard. This will be cool about it. Nugent, even though I don't, I don't go no. into politics, okay. but I mean, he rocked the beard. That's a beard. I'm talking about a mustache. Oh, pure mustache. Pure stash power. That can still be a pure, cool like rocker. no goatee, just the no. tash. I mean, Phil Lewis counts because that is a weird version of a stash. That's not a goatee. That's clearly a pirate mustache or something. I don't know. Swashbuckling. Ooh. No, Phil Lewis, that's the swashbuckling mustache that he has. Or he did. I haven't no, seen it in a while. Not, that's the long not, one, right? That weird? That's not swashbuckling. It's 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 horrifying. Like he's the yeah. king of France. <laughs> <laughs> well, little did you, I mean, uh, surprisingly, he that's is it. the king he of France. Is. That'll be so that's funny. probably why uh spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> besides besides Tom Selleck and um uh, the other dude that just did the Roadhouse movie, the long gray hair. Those are the only two dudes I know they're gonna have um, mustaches. Okay, when they shave it off, it looks really weird. Uh, you know, remember you saw Roadhouse? Obviously, we all did. He had gray hair back then. He was he was um, Patrick Swayze's friend that came in. He was always pulls hair back in the thing. He's in all the military movies. What the hell is his name now? White hair. I'll he look it up, but I... yeah, but those are the only two guys that get away with it. But I'm trying to I think can... of like who who. Who has a mustache that you can't picture them not having a mustache? I can't think of any. Didn't the guy from The Darkness have a mustache at one point? It was kind of weird, though. I couldn't get over that. Um, who? The Darkness. Justin. Oh. Uh, Did he have a mustache yeah. for a while? It's kind of weird. Well, um, I think he still does. Um, but I think, uh, not to be too timely or whatever, but I think a lot of rock dudes... Um, began to emulate the uh 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 jack sparrow look you know and i'm not yeah. even trying to you know no, no, go no, no, in, no, yeah. in that direction but you know because it was such like an archetype um uh and you know and he pulled it off i mean he was doing keith richards right that's what he said right. anyway um uh so you saw this and then this you know what i mean so but i think like this the bottom, whatever that is, to yeah. the top, that there, um, somehow that takes it out of like pure mustache territory. Cause like yeah. Steven Tyler, you know, looks cool in that Johnny Depp kind of way with the thing. 
and and uh, uh, Justin did the same thing. It was all post uh, Jack Sparrow, right? And like when he brought the rock and roll aesthetic into you know mainstream movies and whatever, I just think like a bunch of dudes, particularly that aren't twenty three anymore. Um, uh, uh, they were like, yeah, I'm gonna get the thing and the thing. And then like everybody fucking had a mustache and the thing for a while. If I grow a boutique, mine looks like that because I can't grow here right here. It literally, it's how it grows out for me. Right, right. I, well, I had, uh, I was touring many years ago. Well, many about five, <laughs> but it, you know, it's a relatively long time ago, uh, with this one band and, uh, um, a few of the guys in the band were actually from Juliet Lewis's band, and so they, they were uh, unbelievable. The, the, the licks, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 Jason Womack, who's a fucking genius, and uh, Ed Davis, who's I think he's with Taylor Swift now, um, but he was in this band too. Great player, and like, like, like from playing with Eddie, I know what it's like playing with Dave Grohl because like yeah. Eddie had that Dave Grohl energy. Fucking love those guys. Anyway, so we were on this tour and like every tour, I try to do something stupid as fuck. You know what I mean? Pointless and stupid just so uh, it keeps it light. You know what I mean? And whimsical, if you will. Um, uh, one tour that I did where uh, the band that I was playing with was touring with LA Guns. Um, and so uh, uh, my thing was, all right, I'm not going, going back to this France thing. And it wasn't Phil, it was Jizzy. Uh, Jizzy Pearl was singing. And so uh, we were in Europe and I, I made a big statement at one of the sound checks or whatever. I'm going to show the French what's up with smelling bad. I'm not showering until after the show in, in Paris, right? And that was three weeks away. No way. <laughs> And dude, when I play, I don't know if you see me play or not, but you know, I jump around yeah. and I sweat, man. I fucking, I can't help it. I just, I, I have to. It's you like right. a sponge with a guitar is what it is. Basically. What? You're like a sponge with a guitar attached to you. Um, yeah. It, well, more like a, um, like, a, a, a... no, I'm going to go with that. That's pretty good. But yeah, but I'm like after shows, I'm damp and I definitely smell like the inside of a dead animal. Um, and so we were all traveling in one van to keep costs down and whatever. And I remember Eddie, um, uh, uh, who's the drummer still at that point. Um, Eddie, Eddie, said I was sitting in the back and he sticks his head through the curtain. He was up in the front of the cab of the thing. And he goes, Hey, Alex, guess what? And this was like maybe two weeks into my marathon my lack of hygiene marathon. That's so gross. i just want to throw a thing about that oh. oh it was awful oh dude i nobody hated it more than me but i said it so i had to do it you know and so we've got you know there's maybe like four shows to go before the the paris show but eddie sticks his head back through the curtain and he goes uh hey alex I can actually taste you right now. <laughs> and that was so gross. Like it almost compelled me to do the shower. Um, but I, I fucking, I stuck to my guns um, and it, it got to the point and like, like Tracy will tell you what's up. Like he's like, he's not going to like, you know, sugarcoat yeah. shit. That's not how he rolls. And uh, uh, they had their dressing room and we had our dressing room. And, uh, you know, I went into their dressing room for something. I don't remember what it was. And he, Tracy, was sitting at the back end of the room, right? Um, and I, I walked in the door that was at the opposite end of the room. And as soon as I walked in, he goes, dude, get the fuck out. You smell. 
And I'm like, oh my God. And now it's like a countdown, three more shows, right? And so finally we, and I was grossed out because I knew it was disgusting, but I just, I had, it was my thing. Let me stop for a minute. I just want to thought were you not itchy? Were you not like physically? I'm always itchy. I got skin problems. So I'm always itchy. You can ask anybody that you see, this is all this. That's all fucking, I got skin problem. I'm always itching. I don't, when I was singing for antiproduct, what I used to do on a nightly basis, sorry for the tangential thinking here, uh, but on a nightly basis as the front man for antiproduct, we had UV lights all over the stage. Um, so I would spray paint my face and my whole body with UV spray paint, uh, which is particularly carcinogenic as it turns right. out. Um, so, uh, when I get like super tired or stressed or which is always, <laughs> um, like I get super bad eczema. And so I gotta be, you know, I gotta watch what I do. Uh, and even just thinking about, you know, it's like, I'm uncomfortable in my own skin. So I'm always itchy. That's a long winded way of saying that, but I could not wait until that fucking show in Paris was over. I will admit that. And as soon as the show was over, literally, I packed my shit away and I went straight to the hotel. I got in the shower um, and it wasn't like a super fast draining thing, you know, or maybe it was a tub, but I was in the shower aspect of the tub thing. Anyway, I looked down at the water, dude, it was dark gray. It was dark gray. And, and, but the thing is like the tour still had to go for two weeks or something like after that. Suddenly, I had the emotional rebirth from being washing all of that shit and gigs and memories and toxic <laughs> swamp shit. Um, uh, I washed that off. Now, suddenly, I'm fresh as a daisy. I'm ready to fucking go. I'm reborn. But the rest of the dudes that had been showering, they were pretty fatigued. So I'd like tricked my mind into being like, we feel great now. Um, so there was the advantage to that, but not only that, but when I came back from the hotel, now finally having showered after three weeks of touring and constant gigging, um, uh, like I walked in and, and uh, Michael Bradford was the bass player uh, in the band. And he was the first guy that encountered me after I had showered. And like, I, like I'm standing in front of him and I've got this impish grin on my face, you know? <laughs> and, and he looks at me and he's like, and then he comes in closer <laughs> oh my god you shower and he throws his arms around me and it was the only human contact like the only physical human contact i've literally had since i started my quest and then you know everybody started and this is the point of doing stupid bullshit so everybody started going like Oh my, Alex from the shower. Guys, Alex from the shower. So everybody was running in, coming in, and they all come up. Dude, you haven't lived till Jizzy Pearl comes up to you and he's like, tentative. <laughs> <gasps> so everybody is- it was like, I should have charged. Everybody was hugging me and like, oh, it's so good that you're back. <laughs> I can't do that. I've done things where I'll be like, I'm not going to, I just, I won't uh, wear shorts. I'm not wearing pants again for like another like eight months or I wear right. shoes that zip up. Or I, I answered all, I went to a period where I was only answering questions with lines from Hall and Oates, literally <laughs> on social media. Nobody ever got into it. Like I, I was going deep on that one too. Nobody got that. So I've had weird moments where I'm like, I'm totally committed to something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what you, but the shower you're... thing is I throw the line. I'm like, no. I would have grabbed a blanket, thrown over you, and made the band. We would have thrown you in the shower. 
Couldn't have done it. But it was, but it was, but I mean, part of the thing was antagonizing the French. It's American exceptionalism, okay? <laughs> I get that until I was in the van with you. If I had to be the same van with somebody staying, oh, I, I was. I'm, I'm sure they were. They were so patient, and 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 they must have been tortured. I became immune to a degree, and it was when Eddie picked uh, poked his head through that curtain in the front and said, "Dude, I can actually taste you in my mouth right now." I'm like, "Oh God, I feel really bad, but I just I'm so close." You know, so I, I did get over the finish line, but then, you know, as being part of the like, all right, I'm going to do some stupid shit. So it stays light and crazy and, you know, not normal. Um, I decided I was going to grow a, be- a mustache, not a beard, a mustache, not a Johnny Depp, but just a mustache. Right. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm pretty hairy actually. Like if I take my clothes off, basically I look like Alf from the front or the back. Uh <laughs> The tail too. Yes. <laughs> what do you think of my tail bear? He doesn't care. He's sleeping. Um, but so the 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 challenge after that then that I gave myself was to grow this mustache. And um, uh, Jason Womack, he was the uh, I think he was the bass player, but in in Juliet's band. But he was uh, uh, one. Me and him were the guitar players in this band, and the one I'm talking about. And uh, um, and, uh, you know, he's a Southern boy and, you know, he likes his drink. Um, and, uh, um, and at one point towards the end of the tour and everybody's in, the, everybody was there like us. And I forget who we were touring with, but everybody was there. It was like one of those communal dressing rooms for a gig or whatever. And, uh, Jason, you know, it's after the show and he's had a couple of drinks and whatever. And he, and in front of everybody, like, the, the band, the headline band, everybody was in the room. And he goes, Alex. Th-, and he points to my, at the time, mustache. And he goes, Alex, don't ever, ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, I just got to do it till the end of the tour and I will shave it off. And I've never, like, I got PTSD from that particular exchange. Uh, so I've never even tried to grow a mustache afterwards. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm meant to have one of those. <laughs> I mean, I, I, even when you're shaving, I would never shave it and just leave the mustache. And like, there's like be no pictures to me. I just don't want to be seen. I don't want to have any visuals of myself with a mustache. It's just something about it. <laughs> well, I did, they definitely, I, I, there's definitely, I've seen some pictures and you know what? He was fucking right. I'm never going to grow a mustache again. Um, which, and the, the other thing is you get older and stuff. Like you take certain things of the consistency of your physiology for granted. And then all of a sudden you're like, my beard is all gray. Gray. And I'm like, when the fu- which is another good, bad thing about shaving, you don't really have a bead on, okay, what's going on with, you know, the aging process. Yeah. Uh, what gets more confusing because as a rockers, you guys are always changing your hair colors as it is. So you're not really aware of when your hair starts to change also, because you're putting reds and blues and greens. You love colors. So you wouldn't even have an idea because. Dude, the. Do you know your original was- hair color at this point? <laughs> yes, because of the pandemic. Okay. Yes, I do. And it's fucking gray. And, and I, but I didn't know because, you know, I'd always been like coloring my hair. I don't even know why I got any hair left, but I've been coloring my hair since like 1980, whatever the fuck, uh, probably like 86, maybe. Um, uh, 
so, you know, continually <laughs> through the entirety of playing and touring and, you know, from life, sex and death onwards. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so the pandemic and I'm like, well, I'm not able to go anywhere where nobody's playing you know so yeah just fucking let's just let it go and give your hair a break and you, you know uh, delusion and denial are are awesome coping mechanisms so i let it grow out and i'm like oh you know it doesn't actually look that bad but then when that's me looking in the mirror or whatever but then you see pictures when i started gigging again and i'm like holy fuck I've got legit gray hair (laughs) and you know what I mean? It was, and, and that was actually, that was actually this year when things started opening up again and I was starting to like, I, I I did. Now what was the battle? Did you have a personal battle of like, do you feel like as a, if you want to have gray hair or you don't, cause you like it, whatever it's a personal choice. There's no wrong answer. Or, and also do you feel like the audience has, has to, you have to feel like you're really presenting a full package to them. I don't have the, confidence to go on stage with gray hair i don't feel like alex kane you know my stage name i don't feel like he's meant to have gray hair in public it's my own insecurities it's they don't i like mickey d did mickey d's hair is almost white like white blonde and platinum that's the way to go i don't like having mixed color hairs for me like i'm okay with having like if you look in regular lights it's, it's quite gray like gray white in it I just, I just have it all white. I don't care. I just hate, I hate mixed colors. I feel like it's not committed yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm an all it's or nothing guy. Yeah, I'm like, salt and pepper here. I'm like a dun, 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 song, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, well, I, I will say this about that. When, um, uh, so the, I, when I finally had my hair done, which is Cassie uh, uh, um, uh, Mayorga uh, does it for me. She's got, she's just great. She's a genius at the haircutting stuff. Like if I'd done what, anything. What a, great, what a great name. Um, well, she's actually Roy Mayorga's wife oh, okay. from Stone Sour and Soulfly yep. and Ministry and just one of the greatest musicians on earth right now. That dude's so fucking good, man. I played with him a couple of times and it's like, I get it, man. When you're on stage with that thunder, with that drive, with that snap, with that, mm-hmm. that, uh, confidence and 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 physicality that he plays with it really it's 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 so inspiring and you just know you're in good hands and feet like you because the drummer i mean you know guitar players and singers get all the credit if they'd had i'm not going to name names if zeppelin had had not john bonham they wouldn't have been zeppelin you know what I mean? The I'm a firm believer that the band is the drummer and everything else is the the window dressing to bring people into the shop. You know what I mean? Yes, Eddie Van Halen is a genius. Yes, David Lee Roth is a genius. Um, but I don't know. Take Alex out of there and is no. it the same? Alex, Alex is a monster. And I'm going to say David Lee Roth is not a genius. He's your crazy old grandfather at this point. Are you kidding right now? He's he's going Ted Nugent world. He's he needs he, to be quiet. He's going crazy. He's not saying stuff like Nugent, but he's back crazy, just like Tugent is. Like you what is mean? he? Wh- how is he's that? He, talk, he was last thing I heard him quote was he he came up with the name of Van Halen. And he did this. All the songs were his. He's just like claiming crazy. He's like someone's crazy grandfather. He is legit. 
out there talking. He used to be kind of bravado. It was entertaining. Now he's just a jerk. Because I did, I did, you know, it's funny that you say that because I did see, I saw a, uh, uh, an interview or video or whatever the fuck it was. And he was kind of, you know, it's like when we first started out, we had to play everything live, but then, you know, right. technology and stuff. So, you know, and that's why Eddie's solos are here and here and here and here and here and here. Cause you know, you put it all together and I'm like, that's kind of like Not taking true. a piss on the Bible a little bit, you know? Right. Um, he has a lot of issues with, he has a lot of issues with Eddie and, and the whole guys. I mean, he's it's his show. Well, it's well, I will say this though. I, I, I agree. I, I, I agree. Nothing I, gets him in the prime, his singing in the prime, because he could sing two voices at once. He could do the split yeah, voice. Two notes, yeah. And a lot of people don't notice that by listening to him. That's only well, people with music know that, but so that was yeah. genius. And you gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta listen to the, uh, what do you call it? The, the isolated vocals. I have, I have. To, to go, holy fuck. But yeah. here is the thing. Who else, except for David Lee Roth, really i mean you know sammy stood there and everything for sure and sammy's great don't get me wrong but really who except david lee roth could be the front man of a band uh, with eddie van halen well to start off that would have done okay jim dandy because you know that's really where david lee roth got his stuff from i agree but jim dandy is not vocally i know but i get he is he is he, but visually well, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Just like Axl Rose's Richard Black, you know what I mean? Um, but oh, um, I never thought about that one. Oh, dude. I, 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 do I never thought before. I, I do some side by sides. I hope I go back on that now. Um, uh, no, well, I mean, it's it's a notorious fact that, yeah. like, I mean, there's pictures of Axel in the whatever shitty place they were all living in behind the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, Richard was selling out the whiskey and Gazaris and the Roxy if it was around literally five nights a, 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 a week, literally five nights in a row, right? Shark Island, um, the band I play in and produce now. Um, and that play. was really good how you got that in there too in the conversation. That was awesome. That's, yeah, well, <laughs> I've watched a lot of David Lee Roth when. <laughs> Self-promotion. That's yeah, actually why you're exactly. here. I want, we're, we actually are promoting it. This is all about you, by the way. You're just a good storyteller, but this is all about promoting you. So please. Yes. <laughs> to, to, I'd like to be a major now. Um, <laughs> but uh, 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 David Lee Roth knows seven languages. He's a seventh degree black belt. He goes mountain climbing by himself. He goes on safari or did when we were kids went on the safaris and you know all of these things seventh degree black belt you know there after dave okay he was blonde because of robert plant and jim dandy yes okay and he dressed like jim dandy yes and, and, and the moves were like jim dandy you know a lot of more too um but the thing is he's David Lee Roth that we know is a fictional character that Dave Roth created mm-hmm. to be able to go out there and face the audience. You know right. what I mean? I, I can't he, take, away, take away what he did either. It's like Dave should be trying to take away what Van Halen did with the guitar, the drums, the name of the band. You know what I mean? Dave put it all together and had the voice for it. Even though I was he was a crappy singer, he was great. Yeah. 
especially for that music. That was. But he was, I mean, because he had the bravado and he had mm-hmm. the attitude. And he, and I was not, I was not a David Lee Roth fan until I kind of saw beyond the exterior, right? Um, uh, and, and I actually got him a record deal in England when he was kind of at a low point around 2005 when he did that Diamond Dave album. Um, for some reason, I was doing anti-product, and I mean, I just worked so hard on that thing every day. It was 16 hours a day. The band he, that Diamond Dave was a weird thing. He, I think he was struggling with his hair too. Try to pretend it was long, but it really wasn't. Like it was going, and well, he should focus on his music instead of his hair. Well, but the thing is, but yes, yeah, sure, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, but he was like that transition from like, okay, first of all, I'm David Lee Roth. Everybody that's blonde and a singer after David Lee Roth only wished they were as good as David Lee Roth. Now, Janie Lane was a better singer. Janie Lane was a much better writer, but he didn't have the charisma. He had charisma for sure. I actually recently became a Warrant fan. Um, I, I'm such an underrated songwriter. I mean, his, like, I learned, uh, uh, I saw Red and Cherry Pie and all the everything that went on in those songs. And they are, he's a huge Cheap Trick fan because yeah. I see, you know, again, going back to my fucking, like, I, I'm, I want to be the biggest Cheap Trick fan on earth if I'm not already. Um, but uh, so knowing intimately how Rick Nielsen made his songs and employing those same tools in Life, Sex, and Bath mm-hmm. and, you know, everything subsequent as far as key changes and modulations and arrangements and how to do things and whatever, I mean, I fucking, it's all like my music is cheap trick after the Ramones, basically, you know, um, uh, with heavy metal because i'm a metal kid from right. chicago you know my first real gig was replacing michael badio michelangelo badio yeah. yeah i know dude I, I still get ptsd what was it they had a solo called high life i'm sure i can't do it now uh, but uh, uh you don't have I, a guitar you only have one guitar in front of you I mean, it was just like, th- and then and then he does it across, like he would go all across the entire octave range, dude. And you know, and I was in a cheap trick in the in, in the Ramones, and then suddenly I'm doing all of these like, what? Oh, hang on, but uh, part of the reason I still have any chops is because I was like 20 years old. I came from that background, and somehow I got the gig replacing him. Uh, what does it have to do with anything? Oh, Cheap Trick? You're talking about Cheap Trick and David Lee Roth? Um, well, uh, anyway, so, uh, uh, but all of the blonde singers, Vince Neil, all of them, oh, all yeah. of them, they were just, damn it, were not as smart as David Lee Roth, because David Lee Roth is a really, really smart man. He knows crowd psychology. That's why he was such a brilliant front man because he mm-hmm. just knew what everybody I there was videos of him Dave um where they did a song or two and he hadn't said shit yet to the audience hadn't said a word you know so maybe it was uh uh oh, what was the one uh, uh I, I remember uh 
Take your whiskey, whatever. Yeah. One of that. So I'm playing it poorly. Romeo's Delight, actually. That was the name of it. Um, uh, maybe, maybe that was the opening song. Anyway, they did two songs, and he and and he kind of just stops. I've to yet to see anybody top this. Okay, and that was in the '80s. And he just stands there, and the audience starts getting louder. And he just kind of, and he, you know, like a dog, like he just like hocks his head for a second. The audience gets twice as loud. He has done this all through body language. And he knows exactly what he's doing because he does it every single fucking night. And that's how clever he is. Now the audience is getting louder and louder. And now he's kind of reacting to the volume that's coming. He still hasn't said shit, right? And at one point, and everybody who knows Van Halen can picture this, at one point he turns around to Alex, right? So Alex is behind me, I'm Dave, right? So he turns around and he goes, looking at Alex, he goes, he's pointing at the audience with this hand, right? And then with this hand, he looks at Alex and he does the thing. He hasn't said a word. He got 20,000 people to roar like they were in a fucking Roman Coliseum watching lions eat babies. Weird analogy. <laughs> but uh, and, the song title. and he hasn't said a word and he's got the whole fucking place eating out of his hand through body language. And the first thing he says when he's done with that the first thing he said to the audience, not that he's got him whipped into a frenzy without having said one motherfucking word all through body language. He goes, look at all the people here tonight. And I thought it was loud for three minutes of no talking. That place, I swear to God, I could see that the, like plaster was coming off the ceiling of the venue. You know what I mean? Absolute perfection. Brilliant showman. So, Who's going to stand on stage next to one of the five greatest guitar players that ever reinvented how the instrument was played in the name of Eddie Van Halen and not be inconsequential? Gary Sharon, great performer, great singer. He it was, and they sounded really, really good. And he Gary. performed with one of the other guys in the top five guitar players, with Nuno, every night to begin with. Um, well, I would. I know that Nuno's a brilliant guitar player, but I don't think he's as influential as Eddie was. He's a no, no, not, not as I'm just saying, great guitar player. So he's unbelievable, unbelievable guitar player, really, and so percussive. And I mean, there's I, I every and melodic and cool. Yeah. No, no choices. He's a smart and, guitar player. Yeah, and, yeah, and 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 yeah, and absolutely worthy of every ounce of praise and success that we can give him. But he didn't do what Eddie did. No one did what, you know what I mean. Did. He, nobody fucking did, really. Um, and uh, so I, I, I think that the two of them drove each other. <laughs> so it disallowed Eddie to become complacent, right? And he did. He got you know. I'm not trying to Eddie. I love. I, I like Eddie Van Halen. No, but if you've read any books, have you read the Ten Tuffman book? And, no. And the and read it. Read that. Wow. And then because it talks about. Ted Telfman's relationship with Eddie, it does also with the Doobie Brothers, but with Eddie, and it, it gets some behind the scenes that, and then you read the um, the manager did, did a video one too called Running with the Devil. Yeah. Book. 
Oh, that was okay. another one. And you really feel like how, um, like they did a prank on David Lee Roth. They took his food and he got all mad. He was hurt like a child. Um, and sometimes uh, Eddie would get depressed and want to go home. We sit and cry. Like all these weird things. Like the band was very, it feels like everyone was very childlike and they worked off each other's insecurities. It wasn't the same. I mean, they did, did adult rock and roll things. But if you read that, and I haven't read Rain Hell and Rising yet, but if you read that in Sammy's book, you get a really good idea of the dynamics of, because all the stories kind of fit together, even though they weren't all together. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all in. corroborate yeah. each other. Yeah. 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 I recommend it. It's really interesting because there was this very immature feeling. I got childlike, you know? Well, like I, they mean, had to prove also, each other. I mean, Eddie was, what, 23 when he became world famous immediately, you know? Uh, David Lee Roth also was adopted. He doesn't know who his parents are. So that's going to give you emotional baggage. That's going to make you create a persona that will be loved when your parents didn't necessarily, or they, we don't know why they gave him up for adoption, but he had that force of nature thing about him where I will be fucking heard. I yeah. will be heard. And I think a lot of that stems from having actually been adopted, you know, um, uh, and and you know and sammy held it together for sure but it was kind of like you know dave called the sammy version yeah it's yuppie barbecue music it's yuppie barbecue music <laughs> you know i mean that intense fire that we felt up to 1984 i think when dave was out of the band eddie's foil the one who spurred him on like, well, I'm going to fucking upstage you. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to upstage you. You know what I mean? And, and like, that was like me and Stanley. And well, that was actually all of us in life, sex and death. We'd, uh, we were all having a battle for attention and nobody ever wanted to, like, give up or lose, whatever. But it made for a, 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 a better spectacle, you know, because... You know, it's like, I'm sure when Madonna walks into rehearsal or whatever, like the band and the dancers aren't like, oh, thank God Madge is here to tell us what we're doing wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so you need to push each other to truly give the audience more than what they expected, which is what you always would get with Van Halen and Kiss and whatever. Gene and Paul, man, they were fucking in a fight for their lives on stage against each other. Right. Gene, okay, well, I'm going to fire breathe, motherfucker. Okay, well, I'm going to sail across the audience, then you bastard. Okay, well, I'm going to go into the lighting rig, then you motherfucker. Okay, well, then I'm going to, you know, on and on and on, you know, I'm going to uh my bass solo is going to be fire breathing <laughs> you know <laughs> um uh so and, and the same thing with the who man think about it. fucking keith moon and uh pete townsend and you know roger daltrey trying to find his way in between those two fucking maniacs you know what i mean oh and they were um, still taking a piss at each other too i don't know somebody was singing for them and he heard they're seeing the show it was another well known musician he went and was talking to pete uh, and um, he says, watch this so-and-so thing during the show. I'm going to play this other thing. And so um, Roger goes to announce the song. And then Keith goes into another, uh, uh, not Keith, Pete, Pete goes into another song, different, just okay. to irritate him. He, he called earlier on just to do it. They still, and this was only a couple of years ago, still busting each other up like that. Still, nothing's changed. Um, 
Well, and uh, but I, I I think I mean first of all my favorite. First of all, it's funny as hell. <laughs> it's it's well, and that right it, it is, and and I'm a strong believer in it's good to have. I think it's good to have tension in a band. I think it's good for the music. I think it's good for pushing yourself. Um, but it can only last so long. Look what happened to the Stones. At one point, it just fell apart, and then they learned how to rework together. Yeah. Dealey Roth was the best until he was not the best anymore. Yeah. And by the time 84 went, because that bravado and that bragging and that ego when you're id, when you're so confident, it, it's, it's a cartoon. It's very comical. It was yeah. so good. It had, the rest of the world didn't get to experience it because it had the handlers kind of keep it all in. You got to read those books. Mm-hmm. Um, but once that happened, he got to his point where they, they couldn't, the band was just so miserable by the time they broke up. All four? So, well, they, they couldn't, well, you know, Michael's Anthony's always happy. He's like the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> okay but, but like, yeah the, 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 the guy the, there's such misery between D- dave and eddie and and, and alex because alex you know what i mean even though the brothers would fight they still yeah. loved each other five minutes later dave it was so acrimonious for so long for those guys like i was happy after reading the book i was so happy that they, they got um he had a partner to write songs that could sing and play with them like yeah. it felt good like like that's what he needed that was the next right, part okay. what Eddie needed. You know what I'm saying? And I like right, Dave, sure. I like Sammy. And I like I like Dave in his prime, but I also like Sammy. Dave did age as well. Like Sammy's still aging better vocally and musically. Oh, way so in, in every capacity. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Sammy's got voices like a leather tennis ball. That's just not going away. Yeah. You know what I mean? It um well, I think I mean I think he's losing a step or two now, you know. Uh, what's he like 75? Like, Jesus. Yeah, and yeah, right, exactly. I mean he Who was, sings better than him now as a kid? Very few people. Um well, I mean, I'm I mean, sure there are there are some people. Actually, we're talking about a certain person. Uh, we're going to talk about Scotty and Skid Row, the new singer for Skid Row. He's that's great. What, that's what they needed. That's what they needed. They don't that's need that. Dude, and exact. that shuts up everybody. They don't need Sebastian now. And I'm not going to go there and knock on him. The point is, if you have two people that don't like doing what they're doing, to just do it for money isn't worth it. To just do it for the fans, it, it's fake. Well, I had seen, um, I'd seen, I'm in Phoenix now, right? That's where mom is. Yeah. Uh, and Bear. Um, I'd, uh, uh, I'd seen that tour, which was, uh, winger, uh, uh, warrant and, uh, Skid Row headlining with the other guy that they had black haired dude with the long hair. Okay. I, I think he came from like a metal background. I don't remember. Yeah. But I mean, he definitely, he definitely had a little bit of like, go crazy for me just cause I asked you to. Right. Um, and, and, and. I mean, I know somebody in all of those bands, so I'm not saying anything disrespectful. I don't intend to. Um, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> everybody, yeah, you let me know when you, <laughs> you, know, you excise that. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody sounded great. Scotty Hill's one of my favorite fucking rock stars. I love his playing, and he's an awesome dude. Um, uh, 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 and Winger sounded unbelievable, unsurprisingly. Red Beach, what a fucking guitar player. Yeah, he's, he's another monster. The monster. Just beyond, yeah, you know, it's you, you just kind of go, how do you even think of that? What is that even? Like, I watch Phil, same thing. I'm like, what the, how would you even think of that, let alone play it, you know? Um, and we're but, talking about, we're talking about Phil X's guitar playing, we're not talking about Phil Lewis's mustache, because how he got that, you, you, you know. Well, it's, I, well, I mean, it's, it's a similar question, but it's, yeah. It's, How do you think of that? Why, why? why, why? I mean, I, 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 
we should be what are you what are you achieving um but uh, uh but i mean he's a fucking legend so fuck me who cares what i say but um so uh um but they did you know and you know with that tour it's going to be generally speaking older people that you know grew up in the 80s and you know mm-hmm. And they got a couple of kids now and whatever the fuck. So they usually go to bed around 1030 so they can go to work the next day and whatever the fuck. And then so Skid Row did a ballad or a slower tune right around like 1030, something like that. And they lost the whole fucking audience. Like the whole audience was like, oh, thank God I can sit down now. You know what I mean? And uh, and the singer's reaction, the previous guy, not the new guy. Yeah, yeah the singer's reaction was to hold the audience accountable. And, uh, and I was like, well, it's actually your job. You were for the audience. Be so great that we can't help, but respond a la David Lee Roth when he didn't say shit for three minutes and got a louder reaction than anybody ever has after the last encore. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, And, and he was, you know, and he got kind of like, you know, well, fuck you. You know what I mean? It was sort of like he, he was antagonizing. And it's like, bro, if you don't know yet that that's how you completely lose you, now we're resenting you. We have paid money and now you're calling me a motherfucker. Well, you know what, son of a bitch? You need me more than I need you, right? Um, and that turned out to be true because the next thing I know, that dude was out. Um, and and I was like, thank God, that guy was such a fucking entitled. And he sang good. He sang good. But he didn't but sound thought, like he didn't. He didn't fit with the music. I don't think. Um, well, his attitude didn't fit with the camaraderie. And I kept seeing as I saw him fail in his job. I thought Sebastian never would have let this happen. No. Like Sebastian would have had the knowledge and the charisma and the gumption to pull that audience back in. What are you fucking crazy? It's Friday night, motherfuckers. Let me hear you right now. And everybody went, ah, we're back. Instead of, oh, why aren't you doing things for me? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. You're a dancing clown like the rest of us. Do your job. And the I next thing I knew, that dude was the in. Kid. Now I can the say, they had a couple of singers and like Johnny came in. I listened to the first album I did without him. And the songwriting was still Skid Row. And, and I liked some of the songs, Ghost or whatever. Then after that, I just didn't feel like it was the same. It felt like it was just wasn't the right singer. I liked the band. I, I never gave up on them. You know, yeah. I check out and I go check out each of the releases and stuff. I was like, no, it's not happening. But I understood yeah. why they held out from, from Sebastian, because why would you want to? If you don't want to be with somebody, you don't want to be with somebody. You don't it's want like, to be with Right. And they got, so I get know. that. And yeah. now I can say this. I was talking to somebody at night. Now, that kid did um, in Europe or wherever he was from, he did um, was like a star search or most whatever. And he did 18 in life. And I know, and I know some people that have had their, the band had some of the guys in bands knew I know through them. I said, Hey, this is a singer for you guys. And I think Rachel had his eyes on this guy for a while. I don't think this just happened. Oh. I, think people, um, I don't think, I think not because the guy was going because of it, but I'm saying, I think the universe, people have mentioned other people to different members of the band, like, Hey, and maybe Rachel has, cause those guys are smart guys, that band, you know, yeah, they they are. Don't, you don't travel for this long. I mean, they're, they're great songwriters. So. You know, and it felt so good. It was like having, I felt so happy for them because the energy in the band, watching them play some of the live clips, exploding with happiness. I felt like it was like a, a Hallmark moment. I was so happy for them because yeah. that's what they needed. They're back. 
Um, I, I totally agree. And they're relevant again, because the yeah. band that I saw with the other singer seemed like, ah, remember us? Um, but now, because the guy's enthusiastic and he's stoked as fuck and he's in his favorite band yep. and he sings his dick off and like he's learning the ropes like a fish to walk. It doesn't hurt having a young guy in a band either because it also helps, you know, because it'll make your, your audience, you know, if you have all different age groups, it's even better. Well, it's, and also um, uh, going back to that competition thing, um, mm-hmm. uh, like if you have a, I mean, not all older dudes stand on their exes and don't move. Iggy Pop, Mick Jagger, Alice Cooper, et cetera, et cetera, Steven Tyler, the list is endless. Um, but uh, by getting fresh blood in there, um, there's nobody kind of like sitting back in the complacency. And when they see how, enthu- and this is all the psychology of being in a band. No, I agree. I, th- I, th- I, I thought they were feeding off of his energy. Like it was, exactly. and, then, and then he was feeding off exactly. of them and their excitement. He's like, my favorite players are excited because of me. Now I'm more excited. And it just felt like, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I totally agree. It's, and, p- it's pure love. It's pure love and pure honesty. And, it, and it's completely palpable when you watch the videos. Like I saw when they were opening for the Scorpions, that was my first introduction to uh the new singer with them in that context and i'm like hey i really enjoy this like i couldn't help it meaning i didn't think about it i just liked it like when you first heard them you're like who are these guys like when skittle first came out you're like what is going on here right when they're still peaking with slaves to crime you're like who writes these songs yeah these guitar tones who's doing this great album man oh that's that album is just ridiculous solid as fuck and and I mean, I, I did like, what was the one after that with Enemy on it? Um, oh, um, and Break, Break Me Down is on it too. Um, um, it's, it was it. some kind of, uh, I, well, I don't remember, but it was the third album. And, you know, it came out right when all of the fucking grunge, you know, grunge and whatever. Uh, and, and I do like that they didn't do what Kiss did and they didn't go ahead and make a, um, uh, an Alice in Chains record. Now, I like Carnival of Souls. Don't get me wrong. I like <laughs> Carnival of Souls. I don't think I even listened to that until a few years ago. I didn't even bother at that point. I was just so done. <laughs> but you know what? Don't listen to it for what you love about Kiss. Just listen to it for, I mean, because I personally think that that's Bruce Kulick's album, right? And I'm yeah. a fan of his. Um, a vastly underrated player, but he's like a team player. So he's not sitting there going, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll play the songs really good and make it look easy, you know. Um, uh, and there's some great riffs on that record. Uh, and because I didn't give it the time of day, I think I heard one song and I was like, okay, Allison Chains, I guess they hopped on that bandwagon, off the Bon Jovi bandwagon on the Allison Chains bandwagon. But if you divorce what your expectations from a Kiss album are, the way we all had to, I mean, which I can't, I'm going to, I got I, every 15, 10 years, whatever the fuck. I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to Unmasked again. I'm going to do it. And this time it's going to get me and I'm going to understand it. And I'm going to, and I'm going to be able to say to my friends that keep telling me what a great album it was and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call them up. I'm going to go, dude, you were totally right about Unmasked. I completely discovered it. I missed the boat and fuck me. Thank you for turning me on to this masterpiece. It hasn't happened yet. I just hate them more 
for having released that and wasting my time <laughs> through four fucking decades. What about the elder though? Same back thing. I go, I There's like, like one, there's one song in there that I do like. I is a great tune. What is, I, mean, I think this, what is, I'm not flipping you off. I'm trying to go, what is this here? What are these things? It's like a handlebar. My hair has a handlebar mustache. A, hair, a handlebar mustache. A handlebar. <laughs> I kind of like that. I look like Pippi Longstock. I was going to say, I feel like I'm going to do like a Wendy's commercial. I'm going to order a double bacon burger from you. And... <laughs> um, uh, yeah, maybe it is I, but that might be the song. There's one song I went back and listened to. I, 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 like, I, I like World Without Heroes. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great tune again. Like mm-hmm. you don't expect that song from Kiss, but I think it's a great song. And I was able to hear it and go, hey, that's actually pretty fucking cool. Um, I is a great song. And I guess Sometimes I'd have to go back. You have to listen to their songs, sorry, and pretend it's not them singing it. Like this is a songwriter. And that goes back. Yeah. I say this a lot. And this is what you were saying before about like um, like with Warren. Like there's songs, I don't, I'm not a good guitar player by any means. Probably one of the worst you ever heard. But when I play it and I'm learning, a song that I may have heard it was say elevator music or something I don't like. Yeah. And then you learn how to play it and you're like the chord and the band. I've renewed, like I'll just say it, but the, like um, the guitar players and the Eagles, the great guitar players, but to me, the Eagles really just got so burned out too much for me. But the guitar playing was really good. Yeah, all the way. But you know what I'm saying? And then I start playing the, the music. I'm like, oh, I'll just try learning it. And I'm like, oh, I get it. These, these you know, the guitar work yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, really. and it's not, I mean, there is... There is so much, you know, in songs about his dick and Bobby Brown's vagina, um, there's so much musical depth and integrity in there that the topics belie the amount of brilliance that we have in those songs and the Mm -hmm. arrangements. And I literally, I had to learn like 30 of their tunes for a thing. Um, And I just kept going, including the solos and some of those solos are you fucking kidding me? Like, I mean, that solo in Down Boys is brilliant. Now that, I don't know, but remember at that point though, they had, there was a whole controversy about that, remember? Um, well, I think- They brought in um, guitarists for that and they they wanted to. And then I know Joey wanted to bring up his game. So he learned, he loved to get it, to play, to do the solos himself at one point, I think. I think because well, they, they had a band. Joey's, oh yeah, by like 1990, there's, if anybody doubts that Warrant is a totally legit, and also, I mean, it now, like Robert Mason's actually one of my dearest lifelong friends, so. He was on the show once, and the show never, I gotta apologize to Robert. Yeah, <laughs> but no, show, I, we, I, we had an audio I, problem, we had an audio problem for that show, and I couldn't play, it was so loud, I couldn't go to it. Obviously, his watch, it was picking up something, and it was such a loud click, you couldn't, it was, I couldn't clean it up. Well, because I think I put him in touch with you. You did, you did, you yeah. did. So indirectly, I'm to blame for that. Well, I apologize. There's somebody else that you, you set me up to and that didn't happen. Uh, we'll talk about that off the air, though. I don't want to okay. flag anybody. Yeah, somebody no. was somebody didn't want to go on video, though. But they ended up video anyhow with somebody else. Oh, oh. I, well, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. I just laughed. Um, but, uh, but so there is, there is, uh, there is really, really great information in, in those Warrant songs. Yeah. And if anyone ever questions the legitimacy, because uh, I heard those rumors as well, right? Um, uh, I heard all of that stuff. I tried to actually talk about it. I think Joey's actually done an interview. He's talked about the whole situation. Yeah, and they're not, you know, they're not shying away from it. And they're they're they, they're decent men of integrity for sure. I've seen them play before when it was still with Jeannie. They're good playing. They could still play their stuff. I'm saying I think they're a young band. 
and the producer was way stronger. Yeah. And, and, and you leave and you come back and there's a guitar track on there. Or they see somebody else. You're just brand new. It's your first day of school. What are you going to do? It's a machine. Well, you just, you just, um, well, that's well, that's exactly. And, I and mean, they just went and did their homework and woodshedded and, and became their own machine again. Yes, exactly. And there's a, a video from Japan in 1991 or 1992 where there were headliners. It is unfucking believable. It's as good as anything. It's certainly as good as anything from that era, you know. Uh, and Janie Lane was great. He controlled the crowd and everybody played amazingly. Um, the tones, harmonies, everything was fine. Um, which is the other thing, you know, and I don't, I mean, I've, I've played in bands with tracks. Let me put it that way. <laughs> um, I've played in bands with tracks. Um, and I hated it because one, everybody was a good singer. So we could have done it for real. Just, you know, I was going to make a joke. I was going to say, oh, I didn't know you played with Kiss. But I, yeah. didn't, but so, I didn't make that joke. <laughs> but I, I actually wrote with Gene Simmons, though which was fucking amazing but um for the 12 year old rock nerd that i've never stopped he, being he's another one he's he has established himself he's actually i also heard he's a good good for the charity and the soldiers so there's really good quiet parts about him that i absolutely at that that is what i i saw one absolutely he had to be first of all he's jewish his mom was in a concentration yeah. camp. He had to be ruthlessly intractable. He was taking care of his ma. He had to get as big as fuck. Um, uh, he came from nothing and he was going to do it. So, okay, some of his behavior probably was not what would be acceptable now. Fair right. enough. We can agree but, on But if we look at aging rockers, though, let's say we're watching him age and his behavior, Daily Roth and Ted Nugent. I'm still happy with Gene's aging than Daily Roth or Ted Nugent. And I'll tell you what, like, uh, I, you know, I'm, like I was saying, like, uh, me and Jeremy are pretty tight. You know, he's played with both Gene and Ace. He's still playing with Ace now. And I don't think Ace has ever sounded better, like, since he's been solo, since he's had those guys in his band. Yeah, really? Star. Inspiring him. Great drummer. Um, the vocals sound unbelievable. Philip is a great singer. Jeremy's a great singer. Ryan's a great singer. I saw him do a jam on, online too. Him and I think Steve Brown was there. I don't know if the event was. They were playing some songs. It was like a um, I think that event. was Creature Fest. Okay. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, you know, and I'm a Kiss fan, so I asked him for stories right. and whatever, obviously. And in line with what you're saying about Gene. I very much think that he still is giving everything he can at his age now. Oh, God, yeah. Um, uh, and he's not taking it for granted. That same drive, I think, is still present in those this outfits. Outfit. How heavy they are, the dude. Boots. That's gotta be. I couldn't have done that in my prime. I could not have been able to walk in my prime in those, and then play bass and fire saying. and sing and not be out of breath. He's you know, in his, what, 70s, right? 70s now? And and that's what I'm saying. I think he's still giving it his all. And I, respect I mean, that is that. huge. In the 70s, I'd help my grandfather to the bathroom. This guy's wearing that outfit. You know what I'm saying? That's, it's insane. 
it's, and there are good things he's done. And as much as you hear the other bad stories, I always like to say, but what he's done for for soldiers and donations, nobody talks about. And I'm not like a huge he sing the praise of Gene Simmons. About. Right. I'm not one to sing about the praise. My point is I hate when somebody just gets the bad rap all the time and yeah. just piles on in this world of media and you know there's other yeah. stuff. So it's really just I'm saying generally it's that's something you gotta notice about him. You gotta you gotta, you know. Well with Marky. I Marky, Marky, I'm sorry, Marky, I'm sorry, yeah. And I, I met him. Right, there's, still Ramone, there's so many Ramones projects out there. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm going to start my own, Erzatzi Ramone. But um, um, I like that, actually. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> That's <cute>. pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll have, by, uh, by the end of uh, July, I will have toured literally with everybody who's alive who'd ever been a Ramone. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I'm pretty good with that. I like that a lot, you know. Um, but, uh, and, and I, I, well, I mean, I'm not going to say that I love Richie because we had a very antagonistic relationship for reasons that are not appropriate to go into. Um, so I kind of, was like, you know what? I'm sick of this fucking bullshit from my perspective. I'm sure he was sick of my fucking bullshit too. So it wasn't a one-way street. Uh, I still respect him as- Love a, him for the person who he is, what, of that, what he stands for, the music part. He's, a, well, it's his personality that I don't like. It's, but his playing, he's a great drummer. He's yeah. a fucking great drummer, man. Uh, and there were times that I'd be playing with him and I'd be like, man this dude is fucking he's unbelievably good um coming from like a ginger baker school and and marky's a great drummer too um but all we know about marky's playing is what he did in the ramones but he's got the whole fucking gene krupa keith moon thing in him but that's not how the ramones songs go you know yeah um uh so anyway so my friend uh before he was my friend he was sending me pictures of how the soldiers in the Middle East, the, the, the men and women who were risking our lives. Right. Literally, so I can sit in a hot tub in L.A. with strippers. You know what I mean? Um, uh, back when that was a thing. Uh, Actually, I'm going to put the background. Uh, if only I would get copyrighted, it'd be like, I'm like, God bless America while you're saying that. The what? <laughs> like, God bless America in the background while you're saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Get copyright strike for that one it'd be worth it flags um, in the background the uh the uh, and and so but the picture that he sent me of how the soldiers who were ostensibly fighting for our freedom but i don't think that's what was going on frankly but uh kuwait uh, was gonna they were gonna yeah they weren't gonna uh, attack us yeah we're a weapons master yeah we're I, well they're holding them back for a long time now but uh anyway so um uh, and what the what American soldiers that were stationed in the Middle East would spend Thanksgiving literally around an oil drum with fire coming out of it, eating turkey out of a ration can. And I'm like, that's disgusting that that's the best we can do. And here's the thing not directly related to anything I was just talking about, of course, but nothing has been since we started. Don't have me on your fucking show. If that's what you want. Oh, I knew uh, what I was signing up for, <laughs> but, uh, but all the points are sort of relevant. I think, um, I mean, certainly connected. This um, is like rock and roll Willy Wonka. This is, I'm on, the el- <laughs> I'm on the glass elevator. I'm writing this thing out with you. I'm taking that as a compliment. Absolutely. Um, 
after a lifetime of doing this and you know when i started life sex and death i'm one of the founding guys in enough's enough i yeah. played with all the ramones who are still alive uh anti-product was the first band who ever fan funded that's not about me that's about the fans we did it in 2000 we were fan funded but there were no platforms there was nothing there was just me not having a record deal and needing money to get shit done so i would come up with ancillary product that wasn't available through the label or anything i would sell it directly to the fans and then uh you know friends of mine that were in the circle in england uh ginger in particular took that sort of uh paradigm and did you know uh, did you did you well hurt my yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Ginger well, Spice. Or Ginger Spice. I mean, really no, no, Ginger. Now. Well, the, the first song that me and him wrote that would be together, pretty cool, too. <laughs> the, first, the first song that me and him wrote together was actually called Message to Jerry from the Spice Girls. Right, Jerry Howell. Yeah, Ginger right. Spice. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, and, but he was crushing on her so hard at that point um, that, uh, and he's actually the reason that I ended up moving to England even for a decade. Um, but, uh, uh so we wrote the, uh, I did the bridge and for sure I did the bridge. I don't remember off the top of my head what else, maybe some of the words, but um, uh, he was crushing on her so hard that he wanted to do a song to try to get her attention, right? And which didn't happen. It didn't happen. He didn't get with her. Um, he should but, just wait uh, a few years and then, you know, he should just waited a few years for the popularity to die down and. Well, he's, uh, well, it was already, the Spice Girls had already broken up. This would have been like 2000. Actually, oh, that's right. not that. I'll stay on point, though. Sorry about that. Um, but for all of the stuff, the, the great experiences and, you know, maybe adding a few letters to the language of rock and roll through mm-hmm. what I do, um, uh, to, and I don't know if this is a message for anybody out there, whatever, but in all of that time, okay, I mean, like, one of the songs from the Life, Sex, and Death album, all of which I have for sale, <laughs> and actually, they re- dude, they reissued that album on uh, a double red vinyl for the first time ever, the complete what? album, and uh, they, they sold out of the whole first run, and they're having to do another run. Um, That's success right there. Um, well, the downside to that, though, is that when we left the label, we signed all rights away. Right. Well, so I'm talking, we're not talking financial success. We're just talking about success in the music industry. Yeah, it's, well, it's I still mean, selling we, out and no one's really promoting it. You're not really a band together for how many years, right? Not really a band. 30. <laughs> 30 years. And it's still selling out of the product. Yeah. Um, That's your legacy. Well, That's a legacy. It was the, uh, well, I mean, it wasn't at the time. And like when you're in the painting, you can't really see the picture, can you? So I only, like Life, Sex and Death only started becoming popular while I was in England. And by the time I came back, I was like, oh my God, I love Life, Sex and Death. And I'm like, I hear a lot of your peers saying it too. I can't think off the top of my head now. I would have to, because I put this many shows now, but it's come up before as one of the, because I love the album. I love a lot of your work. Um, so well, it's come the, up in conversation in relevance. Like we've had talk about certain artists and music the, and I may have had an example, you know. The only, the only goal, I mean, I'm, I, th- I think I'm speaking for everybody that made the record, but I can for sure speaking for myself. The only goal that was evidenced was let's make something that doesn't sound dated two years from now 
We wanted to make a record that would stand the test of time, that was genreless, that was not subject to the limitations of the novel technology of the time. So while everybody else was out there putting reverb on the kick drum, uh, you know, we did, and which then as soon as like 92, 93 rolled around, all of those records sounded like old. You know what I mean? But these differences, you didn't make the, the big change because you didn't copy everybody. We you didn't copy with, anybody. And, but that's what they wanted. That's how it was making the money. You do what you wanted to do. You got yeah. cult status and you survived it, a reputation. You didn't well, get the quick you know, cash. I'm so stoked that rather than being a multimillionaire, I have cred and 20 people really respect me. <laughs> that's more than, that's 10 more than my audience. That's okay. So <laughs> you see how I keep up with, up with number two? I should start a podcast is what I'm hearing. You um, could probably destroy uh, my numbers. You would get 13 people. I would just close my chop. Right. Dude, I am 30% more big than you are. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but to have then... Like the amount of, it's funny because, okay, so, you know, I, I play with stars once everybody gets healthy again, they're a little bit older, so they've got health issues, but um, that is one of the most influential bands of all time that never made it, right? But that live album that they do is just like a greatest hits of every pop song ever. I can't of, of like it's like oh this is a Bon Jovi song this is a Motley Crue song yeah no yeah I can't, it's, it's like it's a live it's, it's like a stars it's like almost like they're in a club or something too but every song sounds so good and it's so yeah it's escaping me I have so much music in my head now stuff just gets shuffled up now it's uh I, well I if you haven't checked out the first two stars albums you don't know rock and roll that's the bottom no line. I've listened to them. I just can't refirm at this point um, at this point between I, listening to music for the show and getting stuff sent to me of new artists I can't handle it. Well, you know, it's uh, 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 stars. I think, in a nutshell, um, the first album um, literally has the most unbridled vocal performances I have ever heard in my life. I think there are some of the greatest performances of rock and roll of all time, mm-hmm. um, and but they didn't happen. But they were incredibly influential. Shark Island didn't happen, but they created anything that came after Guns N' Roses. You have Richard Black to thank. You know what I mean? They were doing Richard. That's not Axel. That's Richard. You know, that's all he was the man, you know, Um, in the same way that Green Day made it. And the Ramones are a cult band. Hmm. You know, the Ramones thought of it, but Green Day was able to walk through the hole they kicked in the wall and see it as a doorway. Uh, um, And then so after all of that time and all of the effort and all of the everything that goes into doing what it is that we do, let alone over the course of 85, however long ago that was, that's when I started gigging, um, replacing Badia with my first show. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay. And, and me and him are totally tight. We're solid as fuck too. And like, I was able to mentally get to a place where I was no longer forcing myself to live in a shadow. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to be me and fuck all that other shit. But um, to only now start having hits. It's ridiculous. Like legit hits now. You know what I mean? That I wrote, co-wrote. That yeah, I you're saying like a couple of them. 
three. There's one now. It's number. So name, name them. Just, we'll, we'll, this is how we're going to. People need. People need to know what you're up to, so we can buy your your merch. You yeah, you, well, just yeah, any just get a hold of me direct. All of you. my my merch just come to me through any of the socials. All um, right, and uh, as usual, the other drill. The links will be underneath the show on the podcast and then the YouTubes. You kids like. So yeah, click on that. Facebook, to Instagram, whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll put all those links up, there for you. I want to be personally responsible to the people. What do you have? What do you have? You get the shirts. I know you have. Picks. I got shirts. I got videos. I got posters. I got unreleased demos. I got forty unreleased songs. I got unreleased masters. I got uh, uh what do I got? I got a uh, anti-product stuff, which is a crime. If you don't know who that is. Because it's the best thing I've ever done, I think. I think I've done three really important things in my life. Life, sex, and death. Uh, Anti-product, I think, was very influential. Laughing monkey music. <laughs> Four things. <laughs> um, I like stupid podcasts. That goes on my other list. The three stupid things the, I thought about. Uh, uh, and in the pantheon of things that I've done, and it's apparent what I'm leaving out, but in the pantheon of things of what I've done, um, I believe that the Shark Island album that I produced is one of the greatest things I've ever done. Um, and I worked my dick off on it. I know every sound on that album all the way through. I know. Now, have every... you done a lot of production before? Or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, full albums I mean, stuff I... in the past? The way? Like you've done other full whole albums or he did like yeah, bits and pieces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've done, uh, no, no, no. I've done, you know, full albums and stuff. Uh, uh this has been the most successful because a lot of the other stuff was like indie or uh south american i've done production yeah. there i've done production for european bands and stuff it's uh, all experience though it's all where you are like to, yeah to well do, you to do what you do you have to learn everything right yeah yeah uh, well if you stop learning you start dying so i i'm i i always read and learn and try and then always try to be better than i was the day before um but so to 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 finally have songs that are being except like alex kane and the mainstream have never been in a sentence together you know what i mean so uh now that it is uh, uh dad dad gets it but uh he's 90 dad gets it he's still all there um and he still reads and learns and stuff um and but you know it, it doesn't resonate with mom so much so talking to her about my career is a waste of time pretty much because she's as you get alzheimer's you begin to regress so okay. i am the parent you know what i mean so i am caring for her now i'm you know and uh and if i were doing any if i were living the life that i've lived before I would absolutely end up burning in hell. So, you know, and I mean, we sold out the whiskey shark Island. We played there, we sold it out, which that surprised me. Um, uh, uh, and uh, Eddie trunk became a fan and started saying a bunch of cool shit about the band. And that was a, a surprising result. Um, I will be looking forward to him talking about why shark Island is not in the rock and roll hall of fame certain next year. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, you then, know the joke because he's talking about uh, certain bands not being the Rock and Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, well, that's like a, he, that's, a, that's the one joke he does that. That's his thing. Well, we're, I mean, he's a huge Stars fan as well. Oh yeah, he's a huge Stars fan, and he knows his shit. So I, I he's a big I, lover of music. So it's just funny when he always he's a fan. If you watched, was it like the metal show or whatever? He always goes on a tangent about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's just the thing that gets him worked up. Oh, really? Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because, yeah, and there's so, a lot. Because all the good bands, because all the good bands that haven't gotten in. 
and the other ones know. have gotten in but he really gets personal about it like it's really kind of funny it's like comical well yeah but it's commerce it's not like you i know, know it's not know, real but, fucking, but the, i mean okay guns and roses is a great band but they made two albums two records they get in before cheap trick cheap trick influenced an entire generation all of whom got in the rock and roll hall of fame before cheap trick stop it you know um and the other thing they charge the families of the bands ten thousand dollars a head if they want to go yeah ten thousand rick nielsen's from rick nielsen may i don't know if it's personal per or if it's family or whatever but you know what if guys right, like so, so even even if it was a group you get your table you get your table okay and it's ten thousand for the table even if it was that right it's still fuck you. that's still insane you should yeah, have to pay crazy. for the event well because without the people that they're charging to have their families witness being inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame there'd be no rock and roll hall of fame again well, it's like it eludes me now um uh the the megan chick's boyfriend oh tommy lee guy oh what was his name oh no no i don't need to see any more of him i don't know what he's doing again <laughs> what's what, what's i know it's like, it's like tommy gun or something he has this crazy name no they're like drinking just oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah machine gun kelly yeah machine gun kelly he should did be just, that guy did we do we learn wrong from angela and jolie and all them and bobby thornton they're drinking just blood and stuff and now they're doing it and stuff people got to stop with that that's a status that's a red flag if you drink in somebody's blood, <laughs> red flag. In my day, there was my if day. somebody asked to drink my blood, I viewed that as a red flag, not a bonding ritual. Nowadays, but, it uh, isn't. Oh, but is uh, well, anyway, uh, 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 if you guys would hit me up for all your merch and just to talk or whatever, um, do check out Shark Island. Uh, one other thing to plug briefly. Yeah, um, this is great. Thanks. And for hey, thanks for having me back, man. That's super duper awesome. I really I'll, appreciate I'll, that. I'll have you back with me.